Now, like most kids, my next guest wouldn't have known what a huge deal his mum was. But uh, concert pianist Hugh Tinney grew up to understand just what a trailblazer she was. Hugh joins me now. Hi, Hugh. Hello there, Brendan. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Surrounded with papers from... 50, 60, 70 years ago at the moment. Amazing. You know, I'm just going to put it in context. Your mother, Sheila Power, was a world-renowned mathematical physicist who lectured in UCD. And fascinatingly, she was in contact with Robert Oppenheimer, who invited her to be a fellow of the Institute of Advanced Study in Princeton in 1948, where she went and created the first mathematical course in quantum physics in UCD. Amazing. Exactly so. Exactly so. So she was born in 1918, correct? Yep. Yep, born in uh, born in Galway, and indeed her father, Michael Power, was actually professor of maths in Galway University at the time. So there was a strong, if you like, there was a strong dose of uh, inheritance going on, you know. Gotcha. And so she went on to become professor of maths in in UCD. Yes. Yes. So, exactly. So yeah. Like- indeed, I I just throw in that her dad, despite being mathematician himself, he wanted her to do civil service. He thought that maths would be too only for a woman. So um, she kind of had to fight against against him in order, but he gave way. So so the rest is history. Like, like her, her stats are quite impressive. She was one of eight girls in the country to get honours in maths that year. One of only eight girls in the Leaving Cert. Correct? Yep. And she's, yep. she yep. was she coming first in her class in 1938 uh, uh, studying mathematical science at UCD. So, yeah. I mean... She kind of, she, she had no choice but to become a, a mathematician, correct? Exactly, exactly. You know, I don't, obviously I don't know her, her, why her motivations were so strong, except as I say, that maybe just the, the whole image of her, her father and, and his work, you know, in Galway. And, um, and she grows up into it. She loved music, by the way, as well. She, she played the piano several hours a day while she was at school. And um, but uh, but math clearly was the thing for her. So, she like if you think about it, it's quite remarkable. You know, there would have been the marriage ban. There was Ireland was a very different place. It was late forties, early fifties, and she's lecturing in UCT by the time she's twenty four. Yes. So she's yes. A, this woman's yes. a tra- this woman is a trailblazer. Yes, she is. And I mean, the funny thing was, you know, as me and my two sisters were were kind of growing up and. Um, you know, working our quiet way. You know, we knew she was lecturing in, in UCD every single week. Um, and she did reminisce. She, you know, she very much liked to reminisce about that, that sort of great decade, which, which finished up with her in Princeton under Oppenheimer. Um, but we didn't really realise at that stage just how unusual. We knew it was a bit unusual, but we didn't know how unusual it was. And to be honest, it was really only a few years after her death, I'd say from around about 2015, that people started to kind of recognise her and, and, and celebrate her and, you know, give her, give her awards and things, you know. Yeah, well, interesting, isn't it? Um, so she lectured in UCD for years and she kept diaries and documents. And that's where you found this letter from Robert Oppenheimer. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean, uh, wow. <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. And I've kind of quietly, um, uh, my sister Dorota would have seen it first, but um, I kind of became the curator of the of the record. So I was aware of it, having gone through them. Um, you know, initially a telegram was sent, or what they called a cablegram in those days. Um, you know, and then a couple of weeks later, 
the letter arrived from from signs from Oppenheimer. So and, just, um, just for a bit, know, of, just for a bit of logistics, the the cablegram or telegram was offering her a place. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And saying that her place had been approved, basically, for her to join the, the mathematical faculty for, the, for, for, for one academic year from 1948 to 1949. And then the letter came and, and in the letter is actually him talking directly to her. What did that say? Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I have a, oh, a right in front of me and uh, it just says, yeah, confirming my cablegram to you of March the 9th, this letter is formally to notify you that on the recommendation of the Faculty of the School of Mathematics, you have been granted a membership in the Institute for Advanced Study for the academic year 1948-49. A stipend of $3,500 will be given to you to cover the expenses of your coming to the Institute and your sojourn. I had to look up sojourn, by the way. It means, it means short stay. It means short stay. Exactly. Does it go on to and say anything goes, else? Yeah, he goes on. He says, please write to us regarding your needs as far as housing is concerned and if we can be of any assistance in helping you to obtain your visa. It will be a pleasure to have you as a member of our group and we all look forward to your visit. Yours sincerely, Robert, Robert Oppenheimer, Director. I can hear the pride in your voice, Hugh. I mean, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant, isn't it? It is amazing. It's amazing, you know. And I mean, she talked about Oppenheimer quite a lot. Now, she, I, she didn't, I think, work directly with him because he was the overall boss. Um, she worked with a, a bunch of very distinguished people. Um, but she often did mention his name. And uh, we, we got to know a little bit also of the history of not only what happened in then, but what happened in the years afterwards, which, are, which is covered in the film, which I, I'm looking forward to seeing. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, she, there was some other pretty prolific people hanging around campus when she was there, wasn't there? Come on, let's there get... Were, let's it, get it, I'm just going to cover it, my feet for these name drops. Go on. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it's absolutely um, amazing list of names. I mean, even before she went, in fact, De Valera had set up the, the, the Irish um, Dublin Institute of Advanced Studies, which was modelled on the Princeton one, and that was about 1942, I think. So she joined that, and the, the, the head there was Schrödinger, Erwin Schrödinger, who was probably in the three most famous scientists in the world at that stage, after Einstein. And uh, so she worked under him in Dublin. And then when she goes off to Princeton... Um, she worked with people like Richard Feynman, for example, who, who used to come on visits there. Uh, she worked with Dirac, who invented the positron. Uh, Freeman Dyson, Wolfgang Pauli, with, with Pauli's principle, which many school children would remember. Um, and she also came across um, T.S. Eliot, the, the poet T.S. Eliot, because he was also visiting at the time. And I, I read here Albert Einstein was also there at the time, you said, yes? And I forgot about, I forgot about the biggest name of the lot, yeah, yeah. Albert yeah. Einstein. And uh, again, while she wasn't working with him directly, but she, 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 she talked about queuing for coffee in the <laughs> quad down there with, with Einstein and, and just, you know, small, small talking with him. But she, she clearly really admired him. She, she found him a very nice gentleman. She knew about his musical loves, uh, played the violin, and she loved music. So I'm sure they were talking about music as much as about mathematics and stuff. So it's, um, it was an amazing thought. I mean, even even at the age of 13, I did realise that knowing Einstein was quite something. <laughs> yeah, of course. And what was your mum like? Did she carry this success lightly? Did she talk about it often? She, did, she 
carried it very lightly, to be honest, and um, she enjoyed reminiscing. But um, I, I was very susceptible and very interested because I was very into atomic physics from, I suppose, the age of 12 or 13, 14. So, so mum, you know, would help me with saying you should read this book or whatever. And one of the big books in atomic physics was actually written with her supervisor, Max Bourne. He was her supervisor in Edinburgh for the doctors and, and he went on to the Nobel Prize wow. uh, in the 1954, you know. But he was also, he was also Oppenheimer's um, uh, supervisor about 14, 15 years before that. And there's a thing called the Bourne-Oppenheimer um, approach or equation, basically, to, to chemist, quantum chemistry, which, which went into the literature, you know. So um, just, just, just the connections are extraordinary. So you did actually go on to do physics in Trinity, is that correct? I did. I did. So yeah, you nearly were really, sucked into the same path, but it, alas, I, it wasn't very, happened. Yeah, I was very excited about about physics, and I I, I envisaged doing something like maybe astrophysics later on, but uh, I I then got diverted into music, into piano playing, and that's where I finished up. Uh, and as, as I said at the start, you were a concert pianist. Yes, yes, exactly. A concert pianist and uh, and a professor of piano also in Dublin. Very good. So uh, I, your father was also an engineer. Just tell me how your, how your parents got together. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun thing way because my mum was um, <clears throat> on the staff in UCD at the young age of 23. She came back from Edinburgh with her, with her doctorate and went straight on to the staff. And one of the things she had to do was she had to lecture the the young engineers, I don't know if they were first years or second years, but there was something like 200 engineers in the class. Right. As far as I know, all of them were male. <laughs> and it so happened that one of them uh, was to be my father in the future, although he didn't know that at the time. And um, so, but it was, it was actually about 10 years later that they met again, and they met in Kenilworth Tennis Club um, in Dublin. And uh, that's when things really started to click between them. Hugh, uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating story, isn't it? I mean, it's, I'm so glad to hear it and particularly now with the, the, with the film blazing ahead. It's going to win every award as well. Uh, and so just quickly, what are you up to yourself now? You're just back from holiday, is that correct? Yeah, I was out of France for a week and, and, and happily the weather was absolutely gorgeous. It wasn't too polarisingly hot. Did you play piano nice. every day? No, 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 no. I, I didn't touch the piano. There actually was a piano there and I, I did not touch it except when I was frog marched on one occasion to the piano because I was forced to entertain my friends for a few minutes, you know. Um, no, I was kind of relaxing, chatting, swimming, all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, But now I, I've started back this week practicing and, and the first target is uh, a festival of chamber music down in Westport in Mayo Brilliant. which is coming up at the beginning of September Hugh an absolute pleasure to chat to you thank you so much and best of luck at the festival thank you so much great up to up. talk to you